Welcome to an Idle Thumbs bonus episode. Well, we have those now? We do have one now. Oh, that's we're in it. You're in one. You're in one. This is uh, the Idle Thumbs Ruination Online for March 2017. This was a live stream that we uh, put on last weekend for our Patreon backers. We were running a Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash idle thumbs, and one of the rewards for uh, the highest tier of backers is that they can set the topics and questions to be discussed for a monthly ruined stream. Once a month, we'll read... We'll read? Well, we will read the things that they write, and then then we will discuss. And then we'll discuss them. We were going to just do this as a video, and then a lot of people asked for it uh, on the actual podcast feed, so we figured... Yes. People said, oh, we heard that Idle Thumbs' schedule is going to get weird. I assume what that means (laughs) is that you will put two podcasts out in one week on this feed and then put a different other podcast out also this week. Mm -hmm. And we said, that's exactly what we meant. Yep. So I don't um, know why there's been any confusion. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, Idle Thumbs, we thought it was going away, but apparently that's looped back around. And now (laughs) we're doing two podcasts every week as well as bonus episodes. So. Enjoy this bonus episode. Yes, and then stay tuned later in the week for another normal full episode of Idle Thumbs. What episode number will that be? That'll be Idle Thumbs episode 300, I want to say three. Oh, you you, you want to say that? I want to say it because it's true. Mm, bad news, buddy. You're. Uh, I'm wrong. <laughs> All right, here is the Idle Thumbs <laughs> Ruination Online for March 2017. Enjoy, and then stay tuned on this feed later this week for the next full episode of Idle Thumbs. 303. Welcome to the Idle Thumbs Patreon Ruination Online for March 2017. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. What is the Ruination Online? Ruination Online... It's a massively multiplayer... (laughs) Yeah, that's what I... It sounds like to me. Uh, this is a monthly stream we are going to be doing to support and to support our Patreon campaign and reward uh, the backers who pledged fifteen dollars or more in that campaign by doing an entire live stream in which all topics discussed are submitted to us by those backers. Although everyone is free to watch live or in the archive version, uh, those are the people who were able to ask us questions and demand topics. Mm. So these are, there's a lot of video game stuff in here, but there's a bunch of not video game stuff as well. So it's just a bunch of different crap. Great content. It's a bunch (laughs) of great content. I mean, it's gotta be great. People who like us told us to talk about it. So Mm -hmm. that's how you know it's good. You guys want to just get going? Let's do it. We start ruining. All right. We should time it just to see. Oh, sure. Let's time it just to see. Just to see. Time it just to see. All right, the timer is on, which means that's the sequel to uh, Burly Man at Sea. <laughs> Antonio, I'm quit this podcast. <laughs> I thank you. You started ruining it very early. Antonio Borjon writes: When a new game like Zelda: Breath of the Wilds receives <clears throat> near universal critical acclaim, does it make you want to drop everything and play it immediately, or wait until you can devote your full time to it later? Thanks for everything you guys do with the podcast, and can't wait for what the future holds. Well, and, I think our, I think in the case of this particular game, our most recent Idle Thumbs answers that question but i don't know how do you guys feel about that when it's a zelda game that gets this much acclaim when it's a nintendo or valve game jake yeah i mean that's that's true but there are things of just a certain 
pedigree or sort of just have a history that then when an entry from that team or f- in that series comes in that blows up that big, I it's hard for me to resist playing it, even even if it's a thing that I wouldn't normally play. Like, I could not get into, um, what is it, uh, the Warhammer Shadows of whatever Mordor game whose name I just can't oh, remember. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I can't remember the name of that game because it's just a jumble Shadows of things. Of Middle Shadow Earth. of Mordor, I think that is what it was, Shadow wasn't it? Something Man, Middle yeah. Earth. I'm sorry that Middle I can't Earth's remember. There's a new one coming out. But <laughs> whatever, like, I downloaded that game and Mordor played it just because the level of volume around it was right. so high and like yeah. it was a monolith uh-huh. game as well and i felt like okay I should yeah probably... that was exciting a new monolith game. yeah and i was like yeah. okay monolith made a thing that had this much attention behind it i feel like i should play it oops it's not really quite for me but i could anytime resist a, in that case. anytime a nemesis driven game comes out jake can't resist <laughs> anytime game nemeses are involved resident evil nemesis yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> i didn't play jake that. got really into the new resident evil game resident evil nemesis <laughs> <laughs> but yeah in the case of zelda I could not get it. I bought a whole game console to play it, and then I gave you my old other game console. Yeah, that's true. I I got I was I was definitely excited about Zelda, but then that Idle Thumbs podcast we recorded this week, I would have been so. I guess it, to start in answer to this question, I typically am not these days. I am not very susceptible to the hype cycle, and often I end up going in the opposite direction and sort of getting pre-exhausted of something that gets like talked about to an extreme degree, but. Doing that idle thumbs with you guys made me ridiculously pumped to play that game. So I got, so Jake lent Have me his Wii. Have you played it at all yet? Yeah, we spent all of Saturday okay, fucking well, installing that goddamn thing. We'll talk about that yeah. on idle thumbs. But um, but yes, I did play it. I, I I have a very yeah, like I said, I have a very ambivalent reaction to the hype cycle. But yeah, how about you, Nick? I love hype. Nick <laughs> loves hype. You can tell how hyped he is to do this ruination. You got <laughs> hype. I heard it in your <laughs> yeah, voice. I do. <laughs> I agree with Jake. At this point, it's it's like specific developers for me. Yeah. Otherwise, I just kind of oh, you know, really, ninety percent no. Otherwise, your current I'm very, I'm, I'm, reflects your yes. Uh, otherwise, yeah. it's it's uh, skepticism, even at even at the high the high grades for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. Just inherently so skeptical of all. You're saying you won't play Half Life Three unless we talk about it on this podcast in a way that gets you excited about it. <laughs> Half Life Three, I would play because that is such that feel that would feel like such a Something feels like it would be wrong with the universe if that happened. I guess there's more than enough science that there's something wrong with the universe right now already without needing to bring video games into it. Uh, yeah, I mean, we both probably played a lot of Duke Nukem Forever after anticipating that game for so long. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I bought that game, actually. I certainly didn't buy that game. Yeah, weird. Yeah. That's one of those, whatever. Yeah. If I told myself back in the day that that game came out and I would not have even purchased it, yeah. I would have been baffled. Yeah. But whatever. Yep. I every, also would have been all, baffled to hear that I record a podcast out of changed. an orange room every week. You changed. The video game <laughs> industry changed. That game changed. A yeah. bunch of literally every like yeah. contextual factor surrounding your excitement for that game completely yep. altered. It'll come out. Some... Gearbox will make it. Yeah. It will not be good. Even if it was good, you wouldn't like it. Yeah. Like <laughs> what? What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Um. All right. Apple Cider writes, if you had the power to get into the movie business, what kind of films would you want to write, direct, score, produce, etc.? Jake. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Man, I was not prepared for a ruination cast, it turns out. I gave you the questions. That doesn't mean that I studied. <laughs> <laughs> I could have crammed. Yeah. 
Well, that's why it's a ruination cast. It's all the more <clears throat> appropriate. That's fine. We'll just ruin it all. This is a tough question. It is a tough question. Because you, question. yeah. Because I mean, you're, you're, you're going to inherently like compare well, yourself to a director that is sure, there, just above like, your actual. Yeah, yeah the like, answer of like what I wish that I could make if I could get into the movie industry and also was just a great filmmaker, I would probably just. <laughs> I think that's the safest way to answer because if because you're not claiming like. Well, okay. there's wish, wish fulfillment, right? That's step that's one. Safe. the the fan The fan movie that I want, yeah, is if I was able to be a producer who could just press a button and make it appear, I would get the now long in development hell Gary Oldman, George Smiley oh, uh, second yes. film oh project yeah. that they wanted to make yeah. off the ground. That would be fine. Yeah. That's all that I want. I'll say that out of this orange foam room. Give me more <laughs> goddamn Gary Oldman, George Smiley movies. Yeah. That's the that's the sort of long development Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy sequel for those yeah. who aren't familiar with that character, yeah. But, you know, otherwise just something good, like a good movie. <laughs> Why aren't there any good movies anymore? Yeah, weird. If God, I there, made there movies, are, I'd make good ones. There have been a lot of good movies recently actually. I think. What have you been releasing lately, Chris, that you're proud of? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I I mean, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is one of my favorite movies of my adult lifetime, so if I could and also falls within the like sort of budgetary and kind of bombast scope that mm-hmm. I enjoy the most, which is like a very fully produced film, you know, like a fully produced film. It's not like a tiny, right. you know, but it's also like extraordinarily restrained and very kind of human scale. I mean, that really is my favorite kind of movie. And if I could ever make something like that, my life would be complete. But I don't mm-hmm. presume that that would be remotely so a possible. You're going to die unfulfilled. I will. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's okay. I mean, I would say another another movie that f- like fits into that scale for me that is along a totally different subject matter and everything else is like Moon, Duncan Jones Moon. Mm-hmm. Like that movie is like also of that kind of scale that is really appealing to me. Yep. Um, I don't expect to ever get to make movies, so that's like it's a totally academic question. But uh, yeah, like seventies American cinema, sort of the I guess like the slightly lower end of seventies American cinema, not like The Godfather, although that is I love that movie and it's fantastic. Um, if I could make a movie, I would just make The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> well, I realized when I said seventies American cinema, that movie looms so large. Right. But there's a lot of stuff in there, like The Parallax View and like Clute and like all these other movies that exist. Mm-hmm. At that time, that are like much smaller scale and much less lavish, that are that are all like contemporary to the period they're shot in, that are super appealing to me. I would love to make stuff like that, if you know. But it's nope. also like literally a time period that is over, so <laughs> it's kind of a pointless thing to say. Yeah, I don't know how do you feel about that, Nick. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, directors that I uh, appreciate are like I probably, if I was a film director, I probably would not make the films that they make as mm-hmm. much as like I would like to. If I was in film, like I would aspire to like P.T. Anderson, but I would not end up making a movie in right. the same way that he does. There's no yeah. fucking way. Yeah. Um, I'd probably be closer to somebody like, God, maybe like a Peter Weir or something. Is that probably probably mm. the career that I would probably end up, like would like to have if I was a filmmaker? A little more sentimental. I just knowing myself, and then yeah. probably just bopping around as much as possible. What between are some genres. Peter Weir movies you really like? Um. God, he did uh, a bunch of early stuff that I really liked. I can't remember the name of the film I'm trying to describe, but um, uh, uh, oh god, it was it was an Australian cast. Um, I mean, like on a on a bigger like Hollywood scale, like 
if I was going to make a like a, a fucking blockbuster, I would end up making something like Master and Commander, which is like essentially just a weird <laughs> a weird love that's, story that's between two like straight the kind men. Of movies that Chris described, except somehow they set it on a huge ship. <laughs> right? Yeah. Basically, <laughs> I mean, like, but I, I would just make one of the most difficult to make films in the history of yeah. f- cinematic failures. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, movie, it didn't fail. Movie. It didn't fail, but it didn't. It definitely did not launch the franchise. It didn't launch a franchise. Right. Well, yeah. yeah, but I don't think he cared. Um, I know he didn't care, but that's a good movie, though. Yeah, I just you know I I I, I just like that guy's sort of um, um, I don't know uh, approach to like directing actors. Like everything just feels very honest. Um, yeah, but, I think if I if I think about the movies that I would like to have made, they would be closer to something like. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy or Zodiac or something, but what I would actually make is a really sloppy, bad Edgar Wright movie with bad acting. Like, I just know <laughs> my own aesthetic and what I gravitate towards is just everything would sort of slide around and be unconstrained and the compositions would not be good because I'm not a good cinematographer. Uh, right. And I also don't know how, what acting is. So, uh, <laughs> that's what I would make. Is Weird. That is the weirdest, like, sideburn on Edgar Wright I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> what? That was the most, that was the craziest, like, Oh, I like just Edgar like, Wright a lot. I know, I know you do. But that was an incredible, like, so well, the things I love are this, but what I would actually do is a just well, like Edgar Wright. No, 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 no. I would, I would try to make a movie like Edgar Wright makes. I would, or what I would gravitate towards making something that would look like a bad version of an Edgar Wright movie. I see. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I like Edgar Wright movies. I know you, do. I, I know you like them a lot less than I do, but I, I'm well, a big okay. Edgar Wright liker. Yeah. Um, well, we don't need to get into that. It's a ruination podcast, so I will get into it for a second. I really can't relate to any of the characters in Scott Pilgrim at all, but I like watching that movie mm. all the time because mm. it's just really like, I don't know, from a from a craft standpoint, that movie is impeccably made, and I yeah. love I love watching it to look at it. Yeah, but man, that scene at the beginning when they're all just sitting around. You stopped watching the movie after if after like the opening scene. I remember. I didn't even start watching that. I've never. Seen oh no! That I tried. I showed you the opening title sequence. Oh, and you could barely get through the, like, the <laughs> prologue in the kitchen. Uh, Man, you know what? Actually, based on something Nick said, I need to revise my answer because I was kind of thinking more in an aspirational sense. But I think really, like Nick, you've pointed out, like you would end up doing the more sentimental thing. I think that is actually true of me as well. And I think if I'm being more honest with myself, and I have no, I, and I don't say that as something that I like would not want to acknowledge. It just didn't occur to me. Almost Famous would actually probably be oh, yeah. the, that if you were to like take my brain, oh, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. like when I was at the age when all of my sort of sentimental attachments formed, you know, that sort of mm-hmm. adolescent period in your life when yep. you're like everything that you love like sticks to your brain like super glue and sort yeah. of just adheres itself to your soul. I would say Cameron Crowe's Almost okay. Famous was like my lodestar for years. Now I'm going to further revise my statement. Okay. <laughs> I think Peter Weir like... By the way, he directed the uh, witness, not the witness. Oh yeah, of course, witness, witness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is another one of my favorites of his. But um, uh, probably as, not as actually endorsed by Jake yes, on a recent episode. I know, of that's, Important why, that's why I, I, I yeah. did that. Wanted to admit, uh, just really quickly because we've gone on on this question <laughs> for a long time. But probably what I'd be, what I, I, not to say that I could do it, but like probably closer for me is like Richard Linkletter. Probably. Oh, yeah. Probably like early. So you'd make a bad early link letter movies. Yeah, I would make bad link letter. I would make <laughs> terrible. Link- I just follow two people walking around a city, and it would just well, we be know shit. what we know what you would <laughs> it make is so boring. We know what you but would make <laughs> because we saw the Nick Brecken cast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It would be two people, and they would both be me. Yeah, Don't, I mean, I <laughs> and I would, to... I would just be taking a, <laughs> an extended selfie and then replicating that for another. For be a four-hour film essentially, minutes. but there'd oh, okay, be two of yeah. me with two composited selfie. I need to make videos. sure I also. 
similarly declare, <laughs> as we all have, I would still make the bad version oh, yeah, of it. Yeah, like yeah, I, right. you know, I yeah. don't let's like. Be, let's be honest. We're, we're all about gonna be this. bad. Let's yeah. move on. <laughs> all right. Stephen Nori writes. Can you rank currently produced death robots by assumed percentage of human murders committed during the upcoming robopocalypse? Not oh, just the clearly sinister Boston Dynamics output, but the sleeper cells such as the Asimo or a Roomba. Oh, my God. Switching gears a little bit here. Uh, a little bit. I thought it was pronounced Asimo. All right. I'm oh, going to. It probably is. I don't I'm going I'm yeah, sure. to fucking nail this I thought it was one. like Asimov. Like Isaac Asimov. I, I think that it is, but then pronounced wrong. Let's, this is the true <laughs> ruination. What, Nick? You're going to nail it in one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at the top of the list has to be self-driving cars. Mm, yeah, as the number has one to be sleeper. the yeah. true number one sleeper. You could flick a switch; they would just instantly. all drive off a fucking yeah. cliff instantly. Yeah. Like or that's like no. half the population. Uh-uh. They would in absolutely one not swoop. drive off a cliff. They would use all their fucking algorithms that are like, how can we save the most people? Oh, but sure. they would just flip the most to yeah, least yeah, yeah. and say, how do we kill them? How do we yeah. save the least, the fewest people? Right, they would be the yeah. most efficient and all, like, assassins. Crazily yeah. crash into no, each yeah. other. So, in, yeah, self-driving cars. If you had a fucking if Google by that point, Google Maps is just going to be live, right? Like. That, by that point, Google Maps is just going to be a constant worldwide feed of everything happening right. on the fucking every street in the world all the time. And when you're looking at that on Google, you're going to see the most incredible, like, synchronized swimming routine you've ever well, seen in your life when every car on the road is going to just sort of... The movie that I'm going to make is going the... to be this <laughs> depicted set to, like, the Blue Danube, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's my film. Except it'll then slam into, like, ACDC or Queen or something. Cars 3 or it coming soon. <laughs> yeah. Or it just ends with a windswept scene and it's revealed that the entire thing was filmed by drones. I wasn't the filmmaker after all. We're just going to have... You think I'm directing the movie and the final (laughs) camera cuts to showing me dead and then another camera cuts to showing an Asimo filming my corpse. Mm. Right. Yeah, I my answer to this, Nick, I think think yours is good. My answer was going to be your smart stove. Oh. Because those could also flip a switch and just turn on the gas for every home in the world. And over, then they would all overnight. In the explode. middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I do think you got it in one with self-driving cars, though, because yeah. they have they have the most AI in them, and they're the things that people are a little bit worried about, but generally are assuming that they're going to be dumb things that are in service of protecting people, but the amount of brain inside that car it's, is out of control. Like, yeah. its job, more than any other device that we're building right now, is to well, identify human beings and it can, objects, yeah, it, know it can what they also, are, yeah. and then ha- use rules to decide. Like, say, so your, your point of just, like, flipping it to kill all people... Yeah, they, they wouldn't just be smashing into other cars. They would literally be identifying targets on the sidewalk. Yeah, they know. Well, think, they think know about, what everything is and how just, to steer to it or just away turn from it. Into, yeah, just, what's what is the, which? Uh, you know, what version of automated self-driving vehicles is going to be the one that there's the biggest commercial incentive to automate? It's going to be big old trucks. It's yeah. going to be big, huge, like eighteen wheelers and shit. That was a really. Did you guys did it? We talked about Logan on at the end of Important if True. Uh, oh, that was a very subtle little thing. Yeah, they have. A, I, I they noticed have, that as they well. They have autonomous yeah. big rigs. The entire uh, freeway in that is autonomous big rigs. And there's one. Car- it's one of the few like future elements. Yeah, but it was problem. really. It was. It, it was, was really. It was, it was really well clean because yeah. it was just. They were just like yeah. two tractor trucks or two trailer trucks without the tractor on them. So there was a like car chase where they ended up on the wrong side of the freeway, and it was weirdly additionally scary because they were just these faceless cubes but oh, they crazy. were just still modern shipping containers because shipping container tech wouldn't change Where, why would just it? the truck yeah. would change so it was still the just, thing to pick them up would change yeah but, but yeah. it was still yeah. like it was set just enough in the future that even those would be rusty and dumpy like a regular right. truck is so yeah. like it was just it was actually yeah. kind yeah. of no, viscerally terrifying touch. to yeah. see yeah, yeah, yeah. to see that I mean it, it was shot the same way as any car chase scene they didn't like show it sure. off yeah 
Yeah, which I really is, liked that they didn't do that's that. That's my I favorite sci-fi stuff is when they don't show it off. Yeah. Like the sci-fi thing where a production designer has spent a long-ass time building an elaborate and mechanically accurate door mechanism, but the director does not show a shot of the pneumatic cylinder uh, slowly expanding right. yeah, or yeah, the yeah, disc yeah, in the yeah. middle rotating where someone just walks out of it. Like, mm-hmm. always better. Yep. Um, so another point in Logan's favor is that it has good autonomous trucks <laughs> that are not notable, but everyone yeah. sees them because they're there. That was um, another and Jake kill Rodkin Important If True podcast endorsement. We're only talking about my endorsements this week. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, what's your favorite fish spatula? <laughs> <laughs> well, next, so next up we have three questions that I'm going to sort of combine because they're about very similar topics. So we can answer them in sort of order. You can combine your answer or whatever. It doesn't matter. Forrest Butler says, who are a few of your fav- favorite musicians? Jeff asks, I'd like to hear about your musical influences, both in your life and in the games you make and enjoy. And Andy says, I'm in need of good music to listen to. Can you guys list some of your favorite music groups and albums and maybe motivate why you like them? Love the new podcast. Um, Jake, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I I noticed that unlike me, uh, maybe because of our like sort of just personal instincts or maybe because of the specifics of the jobs we do i notice you generally listen to music while working that's not is, actually true oh, for most not? of the time oh, I look, okay you always have itunes open with a bunch of albums i always notice that oh i just that's just because that's i actually can't listen to music when i'm working working especially okay <laughs> sorry i was no. wrong i assumed incorrectly I, I can i listen to music until anyone puts a single sound effect in a video game and then mm, i no, absolutely yeah. cannot I, I know there are people who work on games who when a sound designer starts putting sound into the game they immediately go they into the debug it. settings and mute <laughs> yes. everything that actually yes. makes me mad like i can't actually get upset at people for doing it because it's people can work the way that they work but i can't work on a game with the sound off once I know someone has started to put sound into the game because my brain I take it all in as a as a right. whole piece and if I as turn that off as the person who did all the sound design in Firewatch I appreciate yeah. that yeah oh, I just I can't deal with it like and also yeah. when I mock things up I like to put sound effects in because it helps sell what it yeah, would feel yeah, like yeah. as an experience mm-hmm. so I I just can't listen to music so this last like eight months has been really nice when we've been in like pre-production on the new game and sort of like working on all sorts of random other things because I've been able to listen to music while I work. But usually, like, I spent most of Firewatch production with just nothing on. Like, I'll mm-hmm. occasionally listen to music when I'm working on an email or doing tech support or something, but generally I can't do it. Got it. Um, also, I really don't have... I There's a lot of music that I like listening to, but I never feel comfortable recommending it to anyone, and that trend is going to continue on this podcast. So <laughs> I'm a person who paid for it. I don't, like... Ah... I don't feel like I'm a musically informed enough person to like. I don't like, think that matters. The only things that I, I don't care. The only things that I ever listen to are things that someone else tells me to listen to, and then I, if I like it, I listen to it, and if I don't, I don't. But I, I, I'm bad at seeking out music or using my own identity to form what music I go and find. Um, yeah. So you know, go listen to Mouth Sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's fair enough. I mean, I will say that I. This is really shameful, and I, I hate to admit this, but it's true. Um, <clears throat> in recent years, I, despite being a musician and despite part of my job being to write music, I have really dec- like decreased the amount of time I spend finding new music and expanding yeah. my yeah, musical. Yeah, you used to be a music guy. Yeah. You know what's weird? I don't know if this I, – I can't tell if this is causal, like if this is related or if this is just a coincidence and this would have happened to me anyway. Either one feels totally plausible you got to old? me. Well, yeah, I mean, so well, so the when I say coincidence, what I mean is I got old. But the alternative 
thing is that I that f- I noticed, and again, this might just be a coincidence, but when music, when the way people sort of acquired and started listening to music switched basically entirely to being online uh, yeah. and to you, have you and to have basically nothing yeah. to do, yeah, with like the collection of a sort of like discrete collection. I, like I, I persisted with. Um, carrying CDs like physical CDs in a with a portable CD player like a Sony portable CD player I persisted doing that for years after everyone else had switched to iPods and other MP3 players and uh, and things like that I and eventually I it's sort of in the way that there's kind of this sort of like osmosis of technological progression where the the fact that I was like the one outlier doing that eventually started feeling so weird that I stopped doing that. And once I stopped doing that, I kind of lost the way that I collected and listened to yeah. music. And you like and live a block from Amoeba Records now too. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but it feels so stupid to go and buy albums. Like yep. even though there's nothing stopping me from doing it, it just feels dumb. Like I, yeah. it fe- like I, I don't know. It's uh, weird. And it's, so now it, I like yeah. I, I keep. A couple times a year, like maybe once every six months, I'll really try to get into Spotify or Pandora or something. Yeah. And for some reason, I can't do it. Like the ethereal nature of it either. makes it. Yeah, I have this. My 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 uh, breaking point actually came a little bit later than you, which is that I at some point or another just started buying albums on iTunes. And for a right. long time, I had my like iPod album collection and everything yep. was like. I was still it was still at the point where you would like plug your iPod into your computer and like you were able to sort of like maintain control over it and curate it and like I don't know it, like at some point or another iTunes just got fucked for me like it just it's not it's never been a great Windows program but like no. I just I have I just the struggle to like maintain like a sync between my phone that probably at some point ran out of ran out of you know space, space and yeah. I just there was just a, a mental point where I just went this isn't worth it anymore and now if you go on my iTunes there's like for some reason like one song out of an album that's just okay. downloaded but then like the rest aren't downloaded and then it's just a fucking disaster so we're, I don't all, we're all old people I don't even know what's what I, I don't even know what I own anymore <laughs> there's no clear thing it shut doesn't up matter. I am old it doesn't matter that's the thing it doesn't it's, fucking it's matter it's so fucking confusing you know, I'm what, old. you know what they're still really terrible at what? is if the if like the credited artist on so I only listen to only like ever have and continue yeah. to only ever listen to albums I don't listen to like I don't think about music in terms of individual tracks I just don't like it's either way it's fine but that's just me um, and they they are so bad yeah like all these services are so bad at y- treating the album as like an atomic unit of content to the point where often well it just the if, whole if, if within an album there are different like but, credits yeah. because like different people played on a track or something often those will show up as different albums yeah it's fucking infuriating I don't know what I, to do about it I I actually, you're right. I actually did the same thing you did. I persisted for a while, but through Amazon Music rather than iTunes, because I just like their software. Because everyone's making fun of us, probably. No, I I just, I'm sure they are. I just don't have most of these problems. That's fine. I mean, I mean, I just—it's a a certain amount of time that my brain just went. I'm not going to spend that anymore. And I don't like. I think the honestly, like the the other thing is I, I don't know this is just a personal sort of tangent but like I go through periods where I'll have a year where I listen to a lot of music and I just get back into it and yeah. just sort of catch up yeah I and then I go then you have a little times. bubble of like oh there's that 2008 when I did that and there's <laughs> yeah, when yeah. I did that in 2012 oh, and for then there's sure. just no new music for years yeah yeah yeah, yeah I'll yeah. get very into like a particular like yep. style or genre or something and then just burn out on it like hardcore 
and then and then I'll just be done with music, period, for like a long <laughs> right. time. Like right now, I'm just going through one of those periods, and I just. But I did when I was in New York uh, a couple months ago. I went and saw live music for the first time. And hmm. I I probably seen live music like a band that I like sort of more frequently or more more recently. But like a singer I had never heard before. And went, oh right, oh, you went fuck, to a jazz set. I wish I could just do this all the time, which I guess I could. You can. You live in San Francisco. Well, San Francisco isn't a great music San town. San Francisco though. is a shockingly not great music town. Sure, you could do and a lot worse on Earth though than the you, city in you which could. you live. You I like you're like, well, but... really, I should fly to New York when I want to see live music. <laughs> fuck you. Well, like, just, well. Also, oh, I wish I could go see well. jazz sets. Literally, take Bart to Yoshi's, like the West Coast's preeminent jazz club, or at least was. Still has enough good shows. I don't know where Yoshi's ranks. Anymore, you could see good jazz all the fucking time. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> like, sorry. Nick just got schooled. It's it's fine to say Apparently. I went to another city, did something cool, and but like, don't lament that you can't do it when you live in a a, a corrupt, evil, dumpy one, but still a world city. <laughs> yeah. It's still not. I mean, I still maintain it's not a great music city, but it's it's not. There are many many acts that just skip San Francisco and it bums me out but anyway um, yeah I feel like between San Francisco and Oakland you could see some enough stuff that you'd be happy but it's more I've, I mean I just don't seek that stuff out unless I am traveling which is the actual issue for me like I don't go to museums even though I live in a city and a part of the mm. state that is full of them I could yeah I could go outside and I don't like I'm more, I'm more with Jake on this. I think mo- this stuff almost always has to do with just like your ability to force yourself to do the thing. I think that's really the biggest. Yeah, I mean that's like well, for everyone, like, I, like I mean I well in my in my defense, mm-hmm. I there was a period where I was like aggressively seeking out bands and singers that I wanted to see, and more often than not, they were not showing up in San Francisco. I will, I maintain that that is the case. Oh, the actual problem is that you're too cool. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. You're 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 surely right. I mean, I mean, you're also surely right. But but I I, I, I do maintain that the city is it's it's tougher than it should be with the with the sort of money that's rolling around in it. Oh yeah, well our city likes killing off everything good about itself. Yeah. Um, I've got we as far as regiment goes. One thing you point just to you when you said you, the part of the issue is making yourself do it. Lord Corax in Twitch chat said a thing that I started recently is making myself buy an album every week. And that's like, a good idea. and like, that's not a bad way to do it. Where yeah. it's like, I will make, I'm gonna buy this, and I'm gonna make myself listen to it a, a few times until I'm familiar with it. If I like it, cool. If I don't, great. The amount. Also, if you don't want to make yourself buy it, go on the Apple Music page and turn it or whatever, and but flip it to Album View and make yourself. Well, also, just if you one. have if you have Amazon Prime, you get a lot of that stuff for free. Yeah, but just like force yourself but like that's not a thing that you that one would do unless one wants to do it yeah, but, yeah for sure you know yeah, yeah yeah but i think a lot no, of it is i think is I, I think at least for me yes i think that's true and i think that's true of going out and doing things as well honestly like i think all those things require that you like make a conscious choice that i'm going to decide to just do it and then accept that like yeah you might not do the exact thing you would do in like a theoretically perfect universe, but like you'll probably get something right. out of it. Also, I was dumping anyway. on you, Nick, because it was funny, but you also go out and do way more stuff than I ever do. So like whatever. <laughs> no, um, I mean, you know, it's true. 
you have to kick we, yourself in the pants to do this yeah. stuff. But we, I mean, but also the, the last the, uh, like the last time I was in New York, I went and did the most enjoyable social activities that I've done in years. Like the last two times I've been to that city. Yeah. So it, part of it, also, it you're also part right of it about that too. Part of it is travel, but I, I yeah, there are certain cities New, New York's a tough comparison. A really just New York is New York is the because it has the most of up, everything up here. Yeah. But yeah. there are other like I mean even I think I, I, you probably maybe because like Austin is probably a pretty vibrant music scene in comparison. Yeah. To San a, a lot of what makes way. a good music scene is livability and affordability. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We we've been going to the symphony more than more than rarely recently, like once every couple of months, and you can get really good deals on that if one you're like in your 20s or 30s, there are often discounted uh, prices because they're trying to attract younger people. And also if you get tickets fairly close to the performance, they often will just unload like whatever leftover seats they have for less. And yeah, look- when I lived in San Francisco, I did that for the opera a lot. For yeah, a we, do it, we do it for the, the opera sometimes, for the symphony more often. Um, and it's really fun. I mean, you, you can see some really good stuff. <laughs> Sorry. The dark one in chat says, I think that... Uh, the fact that Nick is wearing a sweater makes it easier to rip into him, which I think is accurate. <laughs> Fucking sweater guy over there talking about the New York art scene with, my, with your uh, Radio with my Topio, Topio mug. members mug. Ah, <laughs> oh, the public radio exchange. <laughs> 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 Hardly compares to New York, if you ask me. <laughs> all right. Well, we Next. didn't answer those questions at all, but we're going to move on. Greg Weiner writes, do you think it's too late for me to properly get into World of Warcraft? Yes. Are there any games you you regret missing the boat on? I, I lied. I, I've known nothing about WoW. Actually, I, um, I do. I would say it's not because I guess the last, I didn't play this, but the last expansion, I guess, was really highly rated. Yeah, so. Spaff was going crazy about that. And yeah. It sounds like that's actually I will a decent, say, yeah, I, like, any times the good time to start a blizzard game whatever. i went i went back to it for a month maybe a year ago and i actually was impressed at how they've gotten out of kind of the original quest formula like they actually are starting to design basically like levels that are like actual like it's it's like actual game content as opposed to just click on this thing 20 times you know right um so it's probably not a bad time to do it although cool. I, the, on the flip side of that like Probably that game will never be the sort of magic, uh, like intangible magic that it was when it launched. So like, eh. But you're, you're gonna miss out on that. But it's not still now probably if you if you yeah. really but want. But that's gone no matter what. It's right? gone so no like matter what. Whatever, There's no well, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It does no. Lo- it's like um, sunk cost or what. It's like it doesn't. That's not the right metaphor. But it's yeah. you're not losing anything by not having a thing that's like yeah, just already right. You can. But that's the second half of the thing you regret missing out on. I think that could apply. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Do I regret missing out on game? I mean, I don't particularly. I did have, you know, Nick, to your point, like I did have that sort of early wow kind of magical experience for like six months. Um, but I don't. But but I don't know that. Even having had that, I don't know that I enjoy the gameplay of games like that enough that there are any examples I regret missing out on and most other games it doesn't necessarily matter if you miss out on them at any particular time right chad is blasting um, star siege tribes over and over again and actually that is totally oh, true for me that's a good I example never, I, I don't regret it because i was there you guys yeah. should uh, i never got into i missed yeah. i missed into tribes it, and that's yeah. one where like whenever anyone talks about it or like tiny recorded fragments of that scene show yeah. up i'm like man I did totally miss out on like yeah. that weird window that opened and yeah, closed. Yeah, multi- I guess that's true. Not just not just massively multiplayer, but any multiplayer game kind of has that because they all have their golden age yeah, of yeah. like lots of people playing them and the community being really good and fun. And I guess at this point, I just don't. 
even something like Overwatch, which I sort of I was totally there on the ground floor. But even that, mm-hmm. as incredible as it as I can tell it is, I personally am just not enough. I'm just not going to play multiplayer games probably anymore unless something in my life really changes. So I don't feel. So this is that, the, this is the know? lamest thing. I don't want to talk about Breath of the Wild too much, but when I when I've been playing that game, I have thought it would be really fun if a second person could co-op it with me. Like mm. if, if mm. yeah, which has nothing to do with anything. So you're related missing to this out on this alternate universe, Breath of the Breath of the Wild. Yeah, where yeah. a second Link can wander around. Right. Oh, I have an answer for this. Uh-huh. Mm. Um, like going to an arcade ever regularly oh, is something yeah. that I, I just that. I, I can't do I can't, now yeah, but I too, missed out yeah. on that era completely yeah. I mean I'm I know as a kid I my, I just ended up in like a pizza arcade like once or twice but I didn't do it regularly I, I and caught, every time it was like this magical thing to me, me like too. oh yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. An, arcade. Like, oh, an arcade wow yeah, there but there was, are people who like went to the arcade every other day for yeah, like I don't their think entire childhood were quite old enough I mean I caught the tail end of it barely where there was there was an arcade in our town that was a it at one point was coin op, and then they switched all the machines over to pay five dollars for five hours or something like that. Right. So it was basically daycare, but uh, that was like in the like Mortal Kombat when Mortal Kombat two showed up at that arcade. Right. It was a right. big deal. So yep. like that was not quite golden age of arcade, but it was a big enough and long standing enough arcade that they had all that stuff. Yeah. And I went there semi regularly for a couple of years as a kid, and it was rad. And yeah, uh, yeah. So take that. I, I, I didn't e. play tribes though. I went to Chuck E. Cheese maybe like twice a year. And that was it. I went to it twice ever, both for other kids' birthday parties. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Arcades were such a rare and magical and sort of, like, almost illicit feeling experience to me that even... So there was just, like, a crappy multiplex theater near my house. That was sort of just the one... Oh, that had the little hallway that was turned into an arcade? It had the tiny little room. It was, like, clearly formerly a storage room or something. But it had, like, five arcade cabinets in it. And to me, that was still, like, magical and incredible. Yeah, the bowling alley had, like, the Ninja Turtles game and the Simpsons game. And that was, like, the exact same ones. It had had, had Ninja Turtles, Simpsons. It had Tubin, if you guys ever played that. Oh, please. Please, Chris. Um, And I don't... It had maybe two other cabinets. The Canals of Mars. One pinball cabinet, I think, and then something else. I don't know. Yeah. but oh, yeah, yeah that, that's a good. I have like really neck. vivid memories of of like moments in time where like I was at, in Vegas and the six player like X Men cabinet was there <laughs> and I lost my fucking mind. I can remember every second of that experience right. for no real. Re- I mean, if it's you're just ever a family trip to Vegas or what? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you ever the hotel we were staying in just Portland? had a big ass arcade and I was like, oh, go to Ground Control in Portland, mm. which is a really good arcade that also has a bar in it, and they. They have an X Men arcade cabinet, but they don't. They don't have an original one because I think the one that they they managed to acquire was a dilapidated, gross piece of crap. But they paid an artist to do a really nice vector trace of all the cabinet oh, art, nice. and then they replaced the two CRTs with one giant ultra widescreen flat screen, and they rebuilt the cabinet to like th- they're crammed, they're out of it. space, but it's like yeah. it's like a foot deep, and then has the six player control panel from the original cabinet. And a flat screen, what but it has I missed it. X-Men, Arcade. X-Men Arcade, and then has yeah. the original cabinet art. It's like a, <clears throat> it's obviously not a traditional restoration of that machine, sure, but it's a really nice, like modern treatment of it that that's is really crazy. respectful. That arca- that's a good arcade. Yeah, I feel like there's a, there's at least one like that. There's an arcade slash bar in SF somewhere now, but I don't know where it is. Mm. I haven't paid enough attention. Mm. Isn't there like a thing called Barcade here? I thought I don't know. I thought that was the the New York one. Oh. There, you live next to a pinball parlor. Oh, I, do. I live next to Free Gold you know, Watch. Yeah, Free Gold Watch, <laughs> which is a, a t-shirt screen printing place and also <laughs> pinball arcade. A free pinball arcade, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Nice. 
Yeah. Yeah, I walk by so that. So if you're ever in San Francisco and you're in the Hate Ashbury, go to Free Gold Watch and play pinball. Yep. Uh, Alex Schroeder writes is another Zelda related question. In honor of Breath of the Wild's release, let's talk Legend of Zelda. What do you think the best game in the series is and which is your personal favorite? If those aren't the same game, why? What was the question? Sorry, I got distracted by Steve being what in is, chat. What is the best Zelda game and what is your favorite? And if those aren't the same, why? The best one's probably the first one in my opinion. And my favorite one is probably Link to the Past. The I would say the best one. Well, I haven't played enough Breath of the Wild to know if I'm going to revise this, but in Breath of the Wild actually is coming up on Zelda one for me. Actually, yeah, yeah, for, I was, yeah, was going to say one. among the of the ones I've played, which is not every Zelda game, I would also say the best one is the first one. That's how I feel, and my favorite is Wind Waker. Hmm. Link to the Past is like a comfort game to me that I go yeah. back to so and yeah, just I, roll I didn't, through. I didn't yeah, play you, you it as a Super kid. Nintendo so guy. I, right. I have yeah. played it. I've played that whole game, but I don't have those like. Yeah. Deep childhood memories, so it, it yeah. you know, I like it a lot, but it's As, Waker's my favorite. I know there's a lot of people for whom Ocarina of Time is yeah. yes. is that favorite game, but I am still like a shitty N64 hater, so I never got into that <laughs> game. I got into uh, Ocarina of Time, but I think Link to the Past is is probably my favorite <coughs> still. But um, what's the best? Uh, it might be Breath of the Wild for me. That's tough. Yeah, because yeah. the, the, I, I still, might just declare it at this point. I played enough of it where I might just put it in. I mean, I understand why you choose the Zelda amount of 1. respect that I have for Zelda One is oh. so high, and also I just mean, my childhood memories of it. Yeah, my childhood memories of it held up to reevaluation as an adult in a way that does not happen for a lot of games. But Breath of the Wild, like we talked about on Thumbs last week, gets the feeling and a lot wow. of the ideology of that game, but also does so much more with it yep it's it's tough yeah, yeah. it feels yeah. really good so far i'm not far enough to have a real opinion but yeah. it's really good um okay casey Man, also wind waker zelda's a good series it turns out there's a lot yeah, of good ones a lot of good zeldas there's a lot of stupid ones too i know but yeah. poor, poor zelda and a lot of g- good and stupid content in almost all of them yeah uh casey rao writes an old video game dream i meant to write in when the moratorium on dream letters was briefly lifted but now i have paid to make you read this Oh, is this a, okay? <laughs> is this a video game dream? There's no question. I don't think. How many? Uh, how long is this ruination cast going to be? Uh, longer than we thought. Okay, it's time for us to start getting quicker yeah. with these answers. It turns so, out. Well, this isn't yeah. a question. No, so, that's fine. Sometime between the announcement of Firewatch and its release, I dreamt I ran into Sean Vanneman out drinking with some of my friends in my favorite hometown bar. Are you Sean Vanneman? Why are you in Denver? I'm doing research on forest fires for our game. I'm a big fan. Come drink with me. Dream cut to. We're all wasted, standing on the side of Highway 6, watching just like the whole forest burn down. Sean is holding a gasoline can and suddenly looks distraught. Oh no, Colorado forest fires are nothing like Wyoming forest fires. Jake's going to be so mad at me. I awoke and my first thought was, Jake, I feel like Chris would be angry about this. That's a real dream I had. <laughs> what? You, for... you would be more mad than me about Sean starting a fire in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for all you guys do. It's been some of my favorite entertainment for almost a decade. Love the new show, Casey. All right. All right, moving on. <laughs> Dream fulfilled. Tim Evans writes, after the Robocaller episode, uh, I assume that's like that old episode of Idle Thumbs where we talked about... This is a real person. Yeah. I started asking I started asking who answered if they were robots. I did not get a conclusive answer. Which reminds me, what are your feelings on the smart house in the sci-fi show Eureka? There are multiple episodes where the house loses its shit and terrorizes the family. Is this the end form of Google Home or Alexa? So, incredibly, this was asked before the recent episode of Important If True, in which we discussed Smart House and Alexa. Oh, so for more on this, listen to Important If True, episode four. Yeah. I don't know Eureka. 
I don't know it either. So I, I know that it exists, but I've never watched it. Oh. Yeah, I don't even know what it is. So you I, paid for us to discuss it, and then we did it for free. Sorry to rip you off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Tim Evans. Um, but we don't know. But I think you can infer an answer from Important Enough to Episode Four. It seems like Smart Home. Anything, anytime a TV show has a bad smart hub going crazy, it's functionally the same as a Star Trek The Next Generation episode where the holodeck goes insane and tries to kill <laughs> right. people. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except that a smart home doesn't trap you inside of a like fake uh, Raymond Chandler story or something. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, but in, smart, but in Smart House, it traps you inside of a fake Nazi nightmare. That's true. Fuck, so, it's true. Okay, yeah. so it basically is a holodeck episode. Yeah. Trevor writes, can we discuss why Jake Rodkin is a patron of his own podcast? Is he just padding the numbers? <laughs> Slimy Jake. Emoticon, <laughs> Slimy Jake. love the work. Uh, I'm a patron of the Idle Thumbs Patreon because I wanted to be able to QA it. I wanted to be yeah. able to see what it looks like when You're posts go out as a backer. Food. Yeah, I'm eating my own dog food for $5 a month. Um, it turns out that we don't really make any money off of Idle Thumbs personally, so I am just throwing money into a hole. You're literally, we could reimburse you $5 a month That's from the That's not Patreon. worth it. The, the amount of time <laughs> it takes that it would take to cut that check is not worth yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, it's better, whatever. I, I'm doing it to have the data. Yeah. And because I really want an ad-free podcast experience, having to sit here and record all the ads, I want to later <laughs> wanna be, able to skip be here like a nice, smooth yeah. version. Anyway, when you listen to all of our episodes on the feed. Yeah. yeah. I've been listening more and more to our own stuff because I feel like I should. Yeah, that's good. I've good. been re-listening to all of Twin Peaks Rewatch. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's a good thing for you to do. So that I, I should, can remember I what we that. talked about when we get yeah. back to uh, the season three. Eric Hall writes, Humanity's enslavement by robots is, as we all know, inevitable. If you were able to choose our robot emperor, what fictional robots would you like to see in the job? Conversely, what robots do you think would really make a mess of things? So this is kind of different from that previous question in that this doesn't assume malevolent intent, I right. guess. I mean, I guess enslavement is definitely malevolent, but it's more, it sounds like what he's asking is which ones would do a good job and a bad job as opposed to which ones would intentionally kill us the fastest. Well, I, 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 it, hmm, hmm. I thought right? the question was more along the lines of like, just personally, Right. Which which robot do you like the most? Well, so that yeah, that, you're right. That is actually the first <laughs> in the, question. In the, yeah. Well, which, the, who do you the, want as your emperor? The, right, right. But then I think the, I think the a smart other car. question is wh- <laughs> <laughs> why. I want a smart car that has not been de and reprogrammed because a smart car's job is a, oh god it's, no it's not true a smart well a smart car might ask you to cut a baby in half come to think of it so that's a uh, that's true that is literally yeah. yeah the question being posed by ethicists and smart cars <laughs> yeah. so huh I don't know I want no robots. I want the human uprising. Oh, man. I don't want a robot. A smart car. An evil, evil smart car emperor. Well, no, like just a good smart car. Oh, like a good smart car. Okay. A I was smart imagining, car, a smart car is I was imagining the cars land that the evil car emperor would, would create out of the bodies of the, oh. of the... Of the, of the <laughs> you know like, what I think I would I want, want a Transformer as the emperor. As the emperor. <laughs> even, though, even though it's the most dystopian and kind of like most classically... Most like classically depicted version of a robot emperor, I think I would probably just want the internet because it's so big and decentralized Hmm. that I imagine it would have fewer specific goals and needs that would then become terrible. You want the internet, but is is it an internet that has like thrown off the like the yoke of its masters or is it still an internet that we're all feeding data into as a gross as the teeming masses of shitheads because I, mean, I don't want not, that internet you don't, you don't want 4chan like influencing the, uh, the god yeah, like, do you, right do you want? I guess what I mean is that it's like 4chan is still only just one of the like infinite things oh, you know like if there's so yeah. how would you ever determine a sort of like overriding goal for that thing. It's so... It would just end up being like Reddit or something, right? I mean, it would just be like a weird (laughs) aggregate of like what's happening. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, all right. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe. Here's the problem. Okay, actually, you know what? Here's the problem. 
it doesn't matter what robot you choose because they're all just going to be the internet. They're all going to, it's all going to be connected. It's all, well, right? in, like re- it's, in real, it's that's like the, in the 45 real life. brains. If you listen to, I mean, important of true episode three, the, this is more of like a power of 45 brains. I think, though, right. I mean, this is more of a like, yeah, theoretical. <laughs> they're all the same anyway. All technology is the same. <laughs> like my answer is I, I would want, you brought up moon earlier. I would want Gertie from the film moon. Because Gertie Where is it just seems it, malevolent, but actually it's just a nice robot. Yeah, he's just a nice guy with yeah. a smiley face, and he just wants to help you. The story yeah, where all that I robot want. ends up being the ruler is is like uh, that has like the Stranger in a Strange Land ending, where all the uh, other robots yeah. and people just beat it to death with a stick because right. they don't like it, <laughs> right? Because it's not being a selfish shithead, right? Yeah. So or its good intentions just inevitably yeah. become bad because humans are bad. Or and, that, yeah, yeah. Right. it doesn't so understand. Just, yeah, it doesn't understand why it's why like well-meaning. I helped him in the kill vein you, of, in the so vein I was of, helping him. Like, yeah. yeah, right. In the <laughs> I mean, vein of the forty-five brain, like just stop fucking up. Yeah. I want a hive of bees in a jar that is wrapped in a metal box that everyone thinks is a robot, but actually is doing nothing. <laughs> it's just a bunch of bees. Yeah, it just is doing nothing. Yeah. And everyone, oh, it's classic bee robot. It's classic. Everyone could sort of put oh. their Boston own read on what dog. it decides, but it goes, yeah. boop, oh, the light blinked. That means whatever. <laughs> right. Like, that's fine. You I, just want, like... Uh, I want you, a shitty religion you, is what ever, I want. <laughs> have you ever read, have you ever read um, The Man in the High Castle? No. In that book, there's a Philip K. Dick book where uh, that posits that the Axis powers... Uh, won World War Two, and so um, uh, the Third Reich and Japan like sort of have annexed each half of the United States, and like everyone in the book uses the what is it the I Ching is that how you pronounce it the sort of Chinese mm-hmm. like yeah. hexagram oracle thing yeah. like basically everybody that is just such a culturally has become such a culturally dominant mode of like making decisions that basically everyone in the book is constantly like using it to determine what they're going to do but it's so vague that like right. so much of it is just them applying their own so this right. is basically what you want yeah yeah so i want i want a thing that everyone including the robots thinks is a robot but it's really just letting it's people do what they want it's basically a ouija board yeah yeah but then you can blame it when things go wrong <laughs> right, and praise exactly. it when things go right yeah yeah um, okay, let's see. Tom Grundy says, if you had infinite money, what project, company, or expensive hobby do you think you'd get way into? Oh, I'd make this studio so sick. That's true, you would. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably also, like, buy a car and a house. <laughs> yeah, I would just, I would <laughs> My just, hobby is living. I would buy, yeah. I yeah. would buy, like, a three-bedroom condo in San Francisco, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. If I, if I would probably, there would just be really good cameras in here, and you wouldn't see all the seams between the foam. Right. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that's what I would spend my money on. I'm sad. Yeah. Yeah. I would have this the hobby of fighting poverty. <laughs> I know what I would pick. Yeah, I would. I would hire just a lot of like personal trainers or like personal educators. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like people that are just your hobby like, would be yourself. Like really well, focusing no. on me. Well, no, no, no. I uh, I'm always like um uh sort of uh, envious of of Hollywood stars that like if they need to learn how to play the piano, they just get the best fucking piano player right, in the world just go to train them every like fucking day, months, and then yeah. a month later they're like basically competent right i want that but like forever <laughs> and infinite or like if i just feel like playing the cello i can get the best fucking guy 
and then he'll just teach right. me how to do it, yeah. and I'll and I probably like still won't do it because I'll be rich and lazy. You really but like, need to know how to just go like for La La Land, right? Yeah, just get that guy. Yeah, and he's like, I'm just gonna fucking kick your ass for like two months. Oh yeah, their job is like. But then for the rest of your life, you'll be able to go to a cocktail party and be like, hey, check it out. I guess basically what I would also need is somebody who has all of my money in like you know in a secure location and is constantly dangling it you know over like a, a fucking fire and like unless I do those things right, because right. otherwise I would just I would just so have first the money you pay the sort of money torture yes, flame guy that man is very important That's he's highly point. paid you know he's what? the most you highly could, paid man in my thing, fucking actually, entourage you could basically you could cut out every single guy except for <laughs> right. that one guy oh yeah and just like literally anything that you need to do yeah right. that well, guy he, is gonna dangle the money he's like, oh yeah uh, sorry, you can't afford the piano guy, but you need to learn how to play the piano now. Yeah, you'll, you'll figure it out. <laughs> you'll yeah, fucking right. I trust you. Yeah. You'll get it. Yeah, you just need the money dangling guy and then a good broadband for YouTube tutorials, and you're, you're going to be all <laughs> right. right for yeah. a lot of this, it turns no, out. No, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. probably the robot emperor. <laughs> it's just probably I want to get it all, money all over our money. All our money. Your, your guaranteed income will not be coming in unless you learn the piano now. Oh, God. <laughs> We're just going to be a re- weird society of like leisure time, incredible artistic <laughs> so, geniuses. So yeah, you said you wanted to improve. Uh, of neurotic p- um, concert pianists. Uh, Racketeer in chat points out that what we've actually just done is figure out a way to cut out paying any of the trainers and experts of the world. <laughs> <laughs> what we really need is to pay one robot to dangle your money over a volcano and then watch YouTube content. <laughs> Fuck. So that's yeah. what I would do if I had a lot of money. I'd be a fucking rich guy who doesn't pay anyone anything. Yeah. <laughs> that's like that's what we've optimized this towards. How do we get the yeah. job as the money dangler? That's yeah, a robot no, that's now. True. You don't even oh, need a person now. Yeah, they're they're unswayed <laughs> by your bribes or <laughs> right. any other That's because they're bees. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bee robot. It's just a bee robot. Just a yeah. What it turns out that what you did is you paid one guy to put a bunch of bees in a jar, then just <laughs> right. hold your money over something, <laughs> right. and then you're like, and then Wait, what? I have to do what? Yeah. I have to learn how to play the piano? Yeah. Are you gonna throw my money away? Am I good enough yet? <laughs> I, I'll go try harder. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's what you would do. That's what we would collectively do. Is yeah, just, I think that yeah. we'd get, keep our money yeah. away from ourselves and make ourselves work a bunch, <laughs> and, and also bees in a boxer. And right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Matt asks: Is it possible to have cyberpunk without dystopia? Can cyberpunk exist in a setting where life is generally okay, or does it require overwhelming inequality and oppression? Well, life is never just okay, and overwhelming uh, inequality and depression is pervasive. Already exists, so and getting yeah. worse. Yeah, so. I was talking to oh, I was talking to Jared about this yesterday. Um, my fiance is a high school teacher and talks about being around teens all the time. And it reminds me that I don't know anything about what young people do or like. Um, and it was we were talking about the fact that the inside of a classroom right now, if you are an old person like I am, who I am, I'm 36 years old, um, I know nothing about how people dress or how people style themselves at all. Um, but like, uh, like YouTube makeup tutorials and mm. sort of like fashion culture has definitely influenced a lot about the way that people uh apply makeup and sort of style their lives. And uh, what Dana was talking to me about was like, there are numerous girls in her class who just have like some sort of sparkly color that basically is applied in a line down their nose with a dot 
on it. And I was like, are you, I, I felt like I was being trolled. Yeah, it's like, this is very Star Trek Next Generation. Right, now. Like, that, I mean, like, that gets yeah. into like weird contouring and like a yeah. sort of fashion shoot makeup that has become uh, just pieces Normal, of, uh, pieces like, of, sort of, of people's like, aesthetic. Yeah. But if you look at what a high school is, if, or if I think about what Dana's classroom is, it has like a crazy, like a robotic screen that goes up and down. She has like lights that have like four different states. She's in a really new classroom. Like Berkeley High built a new building just a few years ago and she is one of the first, like her team got to be some of the first people in it where it's like, it has regular classroom lights, but there's a button you can press that turns everything into underlighting so that the Whoa. projector screen can be viewed. So like it's all bounce lights off the ceiling and like up inside of all the cabinetry. And then an electronics or you know an electric screen can come down she can project any video on demand. It's a smart board with like pens that can write on stuff. And then all of the kids have Chromebooks or iPads and have fucking hilarious glitter makeup on their face. <laughs> right. Uh, so. And you're like, okay, if you told someone this is what a classroom <laughs> in 2017 will look yeah. like, including the fact that all the kids are still fucking punks. Uh, yeah. Right. It would be accurate. It would just look actually, a little more grimy. Is the only yeah. difference. It's like I mean, right. there would be yeah, like yeah, trash yeah. in well, the corner of the that, room or that something. World which exists. there might be, but yeah, like, that but world then, definitely also exists. Like, yeah, that's true. That that's what a classroom in a nice city is. <laughs> yeah, 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 means that that is what everything is. Um, anyway, I'm sorry that I'm a hilarious old man when trying to describe this stuff, but like just. I feel like that world has actually snuck up on us, and we just don't have flying cars. But otherwise. Yeah, this yep. was actually something I was going to talk about on the next Importative True, so I'll save some of okay. that. But but yes, you are correct. My girlfriend is, is a high school teacher, so people who are who missed that piece. Well, I think you said student? Someone said, Jake's girlfriend's a high schooler? <laughs> teacher. God. <laughs> James Noble says... Yeah, moving on. <laughs> I'm running a tabletop role-playing game in the Star Wars universe. Other than Salacious B. Crumb, what are the best dumb Star Wars names I should be inspired by? Oh my god! Um, um, well, what was the what were that that shit that George Lucas like tried to? What like midichlorians? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Did you hear the question? No. Sorry, I'm reading chat. Oh, I was checking up to see. <laughs> Jake's very concerned that people think he's dating a high schooler. Anyway, uh, <laughs> James Noble writes. I'm running a tabletop role-playing game in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Other than Salacious B. Crumb, what are the dumb star best dumb Star Wars names I should be inspired by? What are the one, those ones that George Lucas like busted into a LucasArts meeting to like oh, insist th- upon? Oh man, I can't. It was Darth names, right? I yeah, I feel like the names that got out on the internet were. Darth Insanius? Is that a <laughs> yeah. real one? Darth, I feel like Darth yeah. Icky. Darth Icky. Darth Icky, Icky, is, Darth Darth Icky. Icky is somewhere in the universe somewhere, whether yeah. it was just out of Lucas's mouth or made it into something. Yeah. And Darth Insanius. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yep. man. But, like, all all Star Wars names are bad and good. They're great. Star Wars naming convention, very good. So we have a good, a really good response. Doug Tobacco, our uh, our, en- our the engineer for Idle Thumbs, um, uh, you uh, seems to have used his like fifteen dollar Patreon question to reply to this oh, comment with uh, with the note: "A friend named his Star Wars RPG character Sog Paneer, which is tragically <laughs> plausible. <laughs> it's so good. Sog Paneer was uh, re- as replied by Doug Tobacco. That is incredible. Yeah, and completely one hundred percent authentic. I could never which, think which of also, a better Star Wars name than Sog Paneer, yeah, which also no, reveals how much Star Wars names are just people who only speak English uh, finding 
any words yeah. in other languages Basically. funny and just oh, sort yeah. of just being oh, culturally definitely. horrible. Yeah. 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 Well, right. I mean, Darth Vader's breastplate had Hebrew on it and yeah. stuff. I mean, there's yeah. so many things like that in yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. It's disaster. Yep. I mean, what once, like, I don't know, the Darth thing is, <clears throat> is pretty, um, goes pretty deep. There's some bad Darths. There are some real bad Darths. I mean, we've, I don't know. Yeah. I feel I like mean, we live in a world with we've Count all Dooku. done deep dives into Count this Dooku's shit before. Count Dooku's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Count Dooku's quite bad. Yeah. Count Dooku. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Count Dooku. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, those yeah. were proposed names for Starkiller and the Force <laughs> Unleashed. Yeah, that is that is oh. the Insanius and uh, whatever, Icky and whatever. Oh, really? Apparently. That's what that was? Oh, and the Force Unleashed, right. I was thinking of- No, not the Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Yeah, 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 Force Unleashed. The, yeah. Force, the Force awoke um, many years after it was unleashed. Mm-hmm. Although I don't, think it, I don't think it being unleashed is even in canon It's sort of anymore. unleashed and slo- sleepwalked around for a bit and then it- Well, it was unleashed up. twice and then That's it was true. relegated to whatever the, the old EU is called. Oh, Legends. Yeah, it's a legend. It's a legend. The Force Unleashed yeah. Legends. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, Robert Yost says, I am paying $15 a month to make Jake talk about Jurassic World. I hope that means that every month he's just going to do that. I hope, <laughs> I hope he continues paying $15 yeah, a month in yeah. perpetuity. That's our, our new c- Jurassic World segment on this Ruination Online. Well, after we canceled yes. our Jurassic World and Jurassic Park podcast concept that we were going to do and instead mm. did Important If True. That's true, yeah. Yeah. We, we, I mean, we never did that. I liked that people thought that there were multiple people who thought we were going to for somehow somehow talk about JP all the time. Yeah. About JP, about JW. Yeah. Yeah. The JPU. The JP and W. Jurassic Park Legends, in, which includes um, The Lost World, Jurassic Park 3, and Jurassic World. Those are not <laughs> canon. <laughs> <laughs> They're making more Jurassic Worlds, right? Oh, yeah. yeah the first yeah, stills yeah. from Jurassic World 2 have been revealed. Oh, and have I forget they? who's directing it, but it's another. Oh, it's not the same guy? No. He's. <laughs> Please, Chris. He's directing Star Wars Episode Nine. Fuck everything. Oh, uh, right. Um, right. God, who is who is the guy who's directing it? Jurassic World. I still haven't seen Jurassic World. You saw it, right, Nick? I did. Yeah. yeah. But I was not asked to talk about it, so. <laughs> oh, what? You were not what? paid to talk about it. <laughs> um. Huh. Anyway, I, Jurassic World. <laughs> I feel like we've already talked about J. A. Bayona, Bayona made the orphanage. Is that a horror film? Film? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he also did a Monster Calls, mm-hmm. and now he's doing Jurassic World Two. Only what's weird now. Yeah, make an original movie so that you can then make a sequel to another yeah. someone else's movie. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> and then, yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about Jurassic World. I feel like we talked about it a lot already. We did. We've weirdly talked about Jurassic World a lot, given that we haven't even all seen it and that the, those of us who have don't like it. I think, right? You weren't into that movie, right, Nick? No. I forget. I mean, yeah. I think Jurassic World is interesting. Yeah. But only because it's like... It's like the most boiled up to the surface version of this trend of sort of like IP revitalization and extension and like... Remakes aren't cool. No one likes remakes anymore. So we're just going to declare that we're making a huge cinematic universe. Like, it's you know what I mean. Like, you can't. Jurassic right. World should just be like ten years ago. It would be a shitty remake of Jurassic Park. It would right. just be a shitty JP yeah. reboot. But it's not cool to call it a reboot anymore. 
So you have to make a movie right. about people who have reverence for Jurassic Park, but they're in the fictional world of Jurassic Park. And then they just admit out loud that it's a shitty, dumpy version of it, but then yeah, they make it anyway. Yeah. Like there's, char- there's a character in that movie who wears a Jurassic Park shirt and he's working in the operations room like of the Jurassic World. Shirt that everybody had. Yeah, he has like this sort of like worn out yeah. black JP shirt and he says that he bought it on eBay because he was a big fan of the original Jurassic Park. Right. But blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and he yeah, talks yeah. about how the new park sucks, blah, 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 blah. And like. And Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> the end. What? what? Jimmy Buffett's in that movie, weirdly. In Jurassic World? Yeah, he's just like, well, there's like Margaritaville is like one of the restaurants oh, on right. Jurassic, yeah. on the, in the like like fucking food court. And then there's a shot where he's got like a fucking margarita <laughs> and there's a pterodactyl and he's like running away from it and he's got his margarita what? like, oh no, and he like spills his margarita. Jesus yeah. Christ, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. That was the most successful movie of its year, right? And then Star Wars came out. Uh-huh. Wow. Mm. All right, yeah. well. Reggie Clark. <laughs> anyway, there I was paid to talk about Jurassic World, <laughs> did so I did. It. Reggie Clark writes, what do you guys think about the idea of playing Firewatch from the perspective of the dad? I think it could be interesting DLC. I just want to hear the thought process from a design perspective. On another note, why is Sean not on the podcast anymore? Um, so we've, we've uh, I'll answer the Sean part because that's like a very easy, straightforward thing. Um, we've addressed this a few times, actually. Um, basically, we had gotten into... Um, a mode on Idle Thumbs, like, I don't know, I want to say a year and a half ago, two years ago at this point, uh, where we had like five, maybe even six hosts that were sort of part of the overall roster, I guess six before Danielle left. Um, And it sort of turned into a rotating cast every week and um, not, and like most of us were just not, I guess with the exception of me and Jake, who who are the only two people who have sort of been on almost every episode of the show, kind of um, were not necessarily committed to actually being there every week. And we really wanted to just refocus on like a core cast who will commit to showing up every single week, week in, week out. Um, and so we ended up just sort of like simplifying down to the original um, core crew who were all just like, yes, we will do this week in, week out. And uh Yep, uh, that's what we did. Yep. As for Firewatch, As for Firewatch, uh, yeah, I mean, we when Firewatch was when Firewatch ended, when Firewatch production ended, we talked about doing four hundred billion different things. Yeah. Um, one of them was we doing narrative DLC <laughs> from the perspective of other characters. Like that is an interesting idea. I mean, everyone. Mm-hmm who played Half-Life Opposing Force, I think has that in their memory of like, what if you could fold another story in? Um, We ended up not doing any of that stuff. At least, I mean, I doubt that we'll ever do anything like that, but part like we looked at what it would take to make a thing like that and went, oh God, it might take the whole company like a year to just do that, even though it would only be a couple hours long, (laughs) like coming up with it from scratch. Uh, so we ended up not doing it, and we don't have a gearbox to uh, right to right. outsource yeah, yeah, yeah. it to. But like, and also the it's like the I don't know. It's really hard to ever to get a sense of narrative DLC ever actually sells well. Yeah, I mean, I we don't had, get the sense that we it had does. talked about like if we did something like that. Yeah, how would you even price it? Would it be a crazy free update? But like, would that justify all the development time for a static game? But also, I do think that. Um, I do think, I mean, this is like a cheesy thing to say, having made Firewatch, but I think 
seeing that world from the perspective of basically any other character inside of it would probably you could do an interesting side story yeah, whether it's so too. a slice out of the life of Delilah or Ned Goodwin or even maybe Brian I don't know um, mm-hmm. I think so too but, uh, but yeah not not very likely no uh, Brian Brandon writes, will the Twin Peaks podcast return for the impending 26 years later, so close, season three? Yes. <coughs> I also hope Next. if it's returning, you'll do an episode on the secret history of the Twin Peaks book, on the secret history of Twin Peaks book, which has way more going on than it initially seems. And then this person put in a bunch of spoilers that I'm not going to include. Um, they continue. I also recommend reading the ebook or the actual hardcover book over the audio version, as the audio version leaves out a lot of stuff and is hard to follow due to the copious footnotes. Also, you get to look at stuff with 3D glasses in the book to see secret images, and the audio book accompanying images do not have that. I have done both. I bought the hardcover book, and I haven't read it in extreme detail, but I've read through parts of it, and then I also bought and listened to the audiobook because I thought it was cool that the audiobook was read by a ton of the cast. Um, and I hope to do an episode about that book, but first Chris has to stomach yeah, reading it. I'm sorry. I started I read I started reading it and I just kinda got bored. Like it's a cheesy book. Yeah. I it, found it very cheesy. It is very it's cheesy. It's the type yeah. of Twin Peaks lore that I don't super love. That said, I hope you read it because it is it's a surprisingly quick read and yeah. there's some stuff in the middle that I think you will actually really like. Like I've been re listening to Twin Peaks Rewatch and there's stuff that you and I talk about about the way that Mark Frost sees and writes his characters and the way that he sort of puts together like mm-hmm. his outlook on the world and sort of the personalities of the characters versus David Lynch. And you can tell very much that Mark Frost wrote this and that he was getting a lot out uh, of just sort of his love of those characters and their voices, I think is really strong in the middle of the book. It's bookended right. by just owl cave out the ass. Um, <laughs> but the, but the part that is not that is, is really, is really nice. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, we're planning on doing more Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Michael so- Sawen writes, do you play a lot of board games? You've mentioned them a couple times on Thumbs, and you introduced me to one of my group's favorite games, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. If you do, what are some of your favorite games? Do you have any regular news sources or podcasts about board games you follow? If you don't, then what do you think about the rise of Kickstarter as a publishing platform? As much as it's been used in video games, it has been huge for board games. And finally, for Nick, the Dark Souls board game is due out in about a month. If you would what? like to take the torture off oh, the screen weird. and put it onto your table. Oh, my God. Yeah. Maybe this I table. Buy that and yeah. Play that on stream. Let's play that. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. We can, we can move this computer monitor, oh and then God. we have a perfect. Let's get up to that $3,500 Patreon yeah. goal, and then <laughs> right. we'll do that Dark Souls, <laughs> Dark Souls play Dark board game. group stream. <laughs> is playing, God, I mean, Idle yeah. Thumbs is playing Dark Souls. <laughs> and then people turn into that stream and they'll be very confused. Oh, my favorite streamer with the glasses is playing Dark Souls. <laughs> what? Who are these three people playing a stupid board game? <laughs> I don't play board games very much. Um, we used to. We, we used to, but yeah. I just, I don't, I mean, this is pathetic, but like, I don't hang out with people that much anymore. I'm, I feel like I'm <laughs> so busy. Ironically, like, in part, because I'm so busy with like things related to Idle Thumbs, which is in fact itself a collaborative project but i don't like that's a lot of my free time um i don't have a and then a lot of the rest of my free time i just i spend with my wife um i don't have a lot of free time that i just spend like for hours on end sort of hanging out with friends doing stuff like playing board games so gotta get to that goal yeah (laughs) i mean (laughs) so that i can force myself to because i'll i'm financially uh required to do so yeah and then our board game podcast takes off, uh, <laughs> wildly <laughs> outstrips the audience. That's of, fine, uh, whatever. <laughs> How about the Kickstarter part? 
It seems really cool. I, board games. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. No, it's Wait, good. So, Kickstarter. What, what was the Kickstarter? The question thing? was just, what do you think about the rise of Kickstarter's oh, oh, platform? Oh. I think it's great. It seems like a much, honestly, a much better platform for board games than it is for video games because the actual sort of design, all of the like, qu- like sort of questions of um, the sort of unpredictable parts of making a board game. Not all, but most of them happen in the design phase. And then the production phase. Your, the is Kickstarter like, is like the manufacturing, or right. maybe the paying an artist. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. sure that this exists, but it seems less common to have a Kickstarter that's like, I have an idea for a board game, and if you give me money, I'll make it. It's usually like Even we if, have the actual yeah. rule set, and we just want to produce it. There's no equivalent of that in video games. We are like, we've done all the theoretical design. Um, and someti- like, sometimes, sometimes there is. I think that's FTL like was an that's early true. example is, of like, yes, oh, you can just play a, a sort of like I, uh, you I know unskinned version of this requires game. Requires just a lot more resources than getting to that point with a board game. Like yes. a board game is just cheaper to make than a video game, mm-hmm. almost always. And so you can the number of like chances for things to go catastrophically wrong, uh, I think, is lower. I than bet it is that for increasingly. The successful video games that are kickstarted have that going on as well. Where it's I like, think they have to. We've, right? we, it's not a like, phenomenon anymore. Yeah, like the the, the people who like there. I don't. I'm not like I'm not paying attention to board gaming at all. Same as you, and I also pay way less attention to kickstarted game development than I did like in 2012, 2013. But it seems like both board gaming and video gaming on Kickstarter have base communities and have developers that come back, and that's their business model over and over again. Where it's like. It, it feels increasingly like the pitches that you see that are blowing up on Kickstarter for video games now are like someone who's done multiple ones before or someone who actually has a prototype to show. Mm. Yeah. Whereas, uh, like, in the, like, Double Fine Adventure days and, like, uh, oh, man, what was the the Total Annihilation spiritual successor? I can't remember. Was it Planetary? Oh, Planetary Annihilation. Oh, yeah. yeah, it feels like a lot of, like, stuff in that era was, like, We've got a pitch video that has some concept art and maybe a little pre-rendered cutscene. But <coughs> right. when you pay for this game, we We're can hire off, we can yeah. hire two game designers and we can yeah. go in a room and start whiteboarding out what this game well, is. And that's because like most video games of any scale are made by actual companies. Yeah. That you know, I mean, and then and then the games that are not the games that are just made by completely independent individual people just working together in yeah. a very small team. Often they don't then have enough like notoriety or recognition to kickstart enough money to yeah. like there's just video games are a lot harder to yeah. raise money for there's yeah. also i mean i feel like more than there was in 2012 there's also a lot of avenues for small games to find weird fundraising methods or to like it's probably true like it seems like kickstarter and early access and things like things like indie fund have all sort of bloomed out of that like early 2010s era so like i don't know if that's true or not but with board games you always have the fixed cost of the hard goods manufacturing whereas with a video game it feels like there's a lot of ways that you can launch a video game at this point yeah um but you need people to just give you thousands of dollars so that you can make your fucking meeple (laughs) gary marshall writes do you feel any difference in casting now that Idle Thumbs and Important If True are audio-visual experiences rather than purely audio experiences? Especially with the former being live-streamed, golden moments such as Jake repeatedly stating the website for Firewatch before the game was announced to troll Chris into having to edit it out won't happen, and conversations that were taken out of the cast, like the recently unearthed Fallout 4 conversation, would be forever out in the world. 
Does this result in you feeling more guarded or are things taken out of the cast for personal or professional or taste reasons so infrequent that it doesn't have that big an effect? I think the latter is the most true. It's usually really infrequent. That said, it is true that there are some things that we absolutely just can't do when it's live streamed. Yeah. Like I can't say the name of the game over and over again to make you edit it out. Right. Um, That's probably for the best. Yeah. (laughs) It is for the best. And important if true is we, we don't feel confident enough doing it that so we we for that reason we've we film it but we don't do it live so in theory that cast could have that kind of shit in it although I think you know like you were saying Jake I think more often than not that stuff that stuff is just incredibly rare yeah so it's you know um, it's not usually a big concern either way also the thing that I I mean I have the cameras all or I have the computer on for the live stream because this is just a stream but usually when we record the episodes. Once we get through the intro and everything is up and running and I trust that it's working well enough, I turn off the computer monitor yeah, in the middle I don't of the room perceive it. so that like I don't think about it, um, which in the early days of us doing video content resulted in some real horrible things happening, like the computer falling asleep and the episode getting lost or like yeah. the intro cutscene playing on every camera cut for right. half of an episode and stuff like that. Um, we tend to have fixed most of those problems. So yeah. I generally get the camera set up going and turn it off and then we don't notice it. Um, do, you, do you feel different, Nick, at all doing the video? No. No. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I do either. Yeah. Mike Hawes writes, you are to be stranded on the moon for the rest of your lives and are each allowed one book, album, film, and video game to keep you entertained. You will not be able to read, listen to, watch, or play anything else. What will you choose? Oh, Jesus. Death. (laughs) I I actually prepared for this one because I I saw it at the bottom and I... Uh realized I wasn't going to be able to think about it on the on All right, the spot. go for it. I mean, these are all answers that are, like, not my favorite things, but are things that I find infinitely, like, rewatchable or re-listenable, mm-hmm. and so that is why I'm making this choice. Um, uh, album, Abbey Road. It's <coughs> a good one. Um, TV show, uh, Mad Men. Oh, no, sorry. My it's actual my actual answer. Huh, sorry? It's a film. Oh, I thought it was film or TV show. Or nope. No, no TV involved? Oh, okay. Well, it says film, so I think that implies something that isn't yeah, 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 like yeah. 400 That's hours fine. long. Yeah. Um, uh, my film answer was Jaws, particularly okay, if, you if you're on a desert island. Uh, you're you not. Might, you're on the moon. Oh, you're on the moon? All right, that's fine. All right, it's Jaws. Still, it's still Jaws. <laughs> um, Jaws on the moon. Uh, book the uh, Great Gatsby, and I guess that's mm. it, right? And we're God, those are good answers. Those yeah. are like those are real good. I had to. I knew. I saw that. I hate questions like this. So I was like, "Fuck!" I'm just gonna think about <laughs> this for five seconds. Um, what was your game? Oh, there's a game. Wasn't there? Yeah, oh, there's oh, a video fuck. game. At this point in oh, time, shit. I would probably actually take Breath of the Wild with me. God, <laughs> I might do that too. Because like it has all the yeah. fun of games from when I was a kid, but also I know that I could play that game. A lot and get good at it. Purple Space Program was a good answer. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> you could learn how to escape. <laughs> how to the moon. escape the moon? <laughs> you, that would be an exercise in frustration, though, because you true. they would find your yeah. corpse and yeah, the computer screen like, that has the, the perfect, perfect moon yeah, perfect yeah. escape. Oh, he knew how to do it. Yeah. yeah, it's like well, if only he had an entire fabrication plant and forty <laughs> other people here with him. I mean, my real answer is probably something more like Civilization or something where it's just infinitely I would probably replayable. go with Tetris. Oh, okay. Well, that's, I mean, like, that's, that's the good... most obvious, Tetris, simple yeah. answer, but, like, just I... Zero your brain out. I couldn't, like... <laughs> play it, I couldn't play it for, like, eight hours at a time. But you could always go back to it. But I could always it. go back to it. Yeah. 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 I think for book, this is kind of cheesy, but I think I would probably actually get a really good, big, single-volume encyclopedia. Just given oh, how much of my time now I like just reading about sort of that's a really assorted, good, that's a good answer too. Yeah. like stuff on the internet, like Those just sort of books. things. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's nothing compares to 
just a really great piece of fiction. But if it was actually at the last me the entire rest of my life, I think I would probably choose the, something the less the fattest dis- encyclopedia yeah. you could possibly find. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. yeah. Good answer. Film. I don't know. Maybe almost famous. Cause I just, I already have watched that movie probably like a hundred times. I feel like yeah. I could probably, that's a dangerous one because I, I was a different person sure. when that was like the thing that I watched all the time. It's so I don't very, know. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Maybe I feel like mm. that's a movie that every time I watch, like I sort of that movies almost comfort food for me. Um, I don't know. Yeah, when that question first came up, the two things that came up, I guess we like a lot of the same stuff when it comes to a movie because the the yeah, Tinker Taylor, I would I would have I would have answered, and then the moment that you said Jaws, I was upset <laughs> because like that's not a movie that like Jaws would be a good one for me personally because I like that movie a ton, but I've only seen it a couple times, but every time I watch it, mm. I'm like, oh, I I just want to watch it again, and I don't. Yeah, I just I never watched it as a kid, so oh I, okay, so like. We just never had it in the house, and I never rented it. Yeah, but I didn't see that movie till I was an adult. That's a movie that just has enough things in it. I, yeah, I would maybe watch Miller's Crossing a million times. Oh yeah, mm. but um, I wish I could bring three movies, and I'd bring those three, and I'd be fine. I don't want any women protagonists in any of the <laughs> movies that I'm watching on the moon. Keep them out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Um, I didn't do. I didn't do album. That's a tough one. Oh yeah. I might choose. I would probably choose like a Beethoven symphony. Like, yeah, I uh, thought about something. God, who is this guy? Oh, brought his encyclopedia and his <laughs> Beethoven symphony. Well, I just mean I'm th- it's like very few <laughs> pop music and albums. Tetris on a Game Boy. Just a dad up there. Yeah, yeah. I know. Just, just some old. There's dad. not that many pop music. And when I say pop music, I mean like the full range, including rock and everything else. Like, yeah. I would watch. There's Jaws very checks few in. That's true. albums <laughs> that include like as broad a dynamic range as mm. like a great symphony. Like that's just that's true. It's just because of the way pop music works. Um, I don't know. Like, if I had to think of something that... Because I think anything with lyrics would be dangerous to only oh, have it for the st- entire rest of my life. Fucking brain. That would be really dangerous. I yeah. mean, there's definitely some earworms in, like, Beethoven's Fifth and Ninth, definitely. Yeah. It feels like they would be less destructive than an actual English lyric that I can understand. Hmm. Yeah. Um, no, that... Man, that is that is well thought out. I don't know if I would bring... Beethoven, but definitely something complicated and lengthy and not and, no, and nonverbal. Mm, yeah, nonverbal. And yeah. just like something that <clears throat> something that can augment other things that I'm doing as I see fit, or can be listened to on its own. Yeah. And also something to think to, basically. Yeah. Maybe I, I thought about jazz, but I couldn't think of a single album that I would that I would yeah. select out of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's tough. Maybe something super long, like a like the St. Matthew or St. John Passion by Bach. Because mm. he doesn't say it has to be one disc, just as one album. Mm. So I don't know. Um, that's an interesting question. Uh, Zach Burst writes, let's talk about pets. Do you folks own any? <laughs> Jake never, what are some Jake of your never f- said what his, favorite, what his game that he would bring. Oh, oh I yeah, you said it might be Zelda. I said oh, I might, oh, I might, might bring Breath of the Wild because oh, yeah, okay. it has enough stuff in it. And uh, music, I would definitely bring the soundtrack or the, the original score to Star Wars The Phantom Menace. No. <laughs> 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 just listen to Duel of the Faiths oh, all day. God. Kill myself. Fuck. I'll just, it would just, you'd think about like those uh, episode one Pepsi cans and like Taco Bell and stuff when you're, when you're up <laughs> oh, on the moon, man. you just want Taco that Bell. That was all actually the, time. the album. You don't want Yum Brands all, do- all day. I listened to that music before the film came out, you know, because they released it. And I, I, that was my Star Siege Tribes. Uh, oh, man. Amazing. I would have that on while I was oh, playing Tribes. So yeah. there you go. Wow. Anyway. 
Star Wars for Star Siege. Very cool. Zach Burst writes, let's talk about pets. Do you own any? What are your favorite pets you have owned over the course of your lives? How long until a Patreon tier that will fund the ownership of a plane full of hawks? <laughs> I live with a cat named Fiona who is old question, by the and way. is good. Oh, nice. We ruined it. 80 minutes. Jesus. Yeah, you live with a cat. I live with a cat who is good <coughs> named Fiona. She is old. She does not have either of her like top fangs anymore because they had to get pulled. Her tail doesn't work, so it just sort of droops around. Um, and she yells about everything. She's just like a cantankerous old lady. She looks like an idiot. She does. She, she has well, she very is. good idiotic poses. Yeah, she just sort of flops around and like looks at you sort of kind of annoyed but confused. <laughs> um, and then screams at you for food with like her gum mouth. <laughs> She's a good cat. I like her a lot. You can when she jumps off of things, you can hear it. Like cats are usually pretty good at jumping off of things relatively quietly, but since her tail flops <laughs> around behind her, like she'll jump off my office chair, and then you just hear this like bong of her tail like hitting the <laughs> footrest. Yeah. Like anytime she moves around, you can you can definitely hear it. Yeah. So that's a good cat that I have. I I've never really had real pets. I we had a pet growing up, which was a bird. A mm. A, I, con- a oh, I like I, I like that bird. Yeah, I hate that bird. <laughs> we had a bird named Marnius who uh, we my really my brother paid a lot more attention to than I did. And then after my brother and I were both out of the house, my dad just became my dad's because he just lived in that house alone. And he and this bird just this old bird and this old man just screamed at each other all day long until the bird eventually died. Oh, man. Uh, but this, I have that neighbor right now. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> this bird was such... I don't know. It was He was a small-ish bird, and I mm-hmm. think the smaller ones are more irritable. Yeah. And he was the kind of bird who will repeat things you say. Oh, yeah. And so he... One of the first things he ever learned how to say... Well, the first thing he learned how to say was hello. Now, hello. Yeah. Hello. And he would say that all the time. That got increasingly supplanted by the phrase, you want an almond, which is what people would say to him. They would hold an almond in front of his face and go, you want an almond? And then he goes, you want an almond? You want an almond? Which early in his life, he fucking loved. He devoured those things. The older he got, the more he grew to despise almonds. (laughs) But not knowing what that phrase actually meant would continue to declare you want an almond well he was and trying to pawn off his almonds yeah. get rid of <laughs> so that yeah right people are so like oh you want an like, almond oh you want an almond here's, here's an almond and he would he would just go Mah! and he would grab it and just throw it violently with his beak <laughs> to the other side of his cage or where the kitchen or wherever he was at the time um, just a really irritable asshole yeah. not that I can blame him I mean he had to live with this, some stupid f- human yeah. family and no other birds your bird is trapped in a Twilight yeah. Zone episode yes definitely yes yeah. definitely true uh, oh and he would also say hi Marnius which was his name because people would say that to him go, hello hi Marnius you want an almond <laughs> just forever just forever until is he still alive no he oh. lived to be like 25 Jesus. or something wow yeah, and then... Uh, it's pretty good for a Marnius. Yeah, yeah. For a Western I had a, Marnius. I had a bird like that. I oh, had, yeah? Yeah, it was a cockatiel. It was like an Austra- okay, Australian, yeah. like yellow... With the big plume. With the crest and the orange yeah, dot yeah. and everything. But it would just swear all the time. <laughs> it would swear and it would whistle the Legend of Zelda theme song. Wow, because I was, I was, I was, Yeah, I know, yeah, it was just <laughs> me. I know, I was at the time I was playing like Link to the Past. Like literally, I think myself like and my mom, I think we're, we're just both like doing Link to the Past. But I would whistle... Um, 
because I was just like a kid and whistling a lot. And so it just picked up the theme <laughs> sure. song. And so, but it would just do it all the time. Wow. Like just fucking nonstop. Yeah. And, but it just sort of also like a, a weird like jazz interpretation of it as well, you know, because it wasn't perfect. It yeah. wasn't like a perfect yeah. recording. It was just like boop, ba doop, boop. And it was just like, all right, fuck you, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up! You know, just like, it would just fucking repeat. It was a very intelligent bird. That was not my favorite pet. My favorite pet was a dog, but I also had that dumb bird. So, anyway. Yeah. I mean, there's a dog named Gracie. She was an asshole, too, but in many different ways. more endearing. More endearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. this scared little eight-pound toy fox terrier that was just terrified <laughs> of everything. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just any loud noise would, like, send it running into my closet and just shaking like a fucking leaf. Yeah. Anyway. Have you guys seen the video on YouTube, the series of videos, actually, on YouTube, of the Australian bird named Eric and the, like, husband and wife, so. sort of elderly yes, husband and yes, wife? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Oh, my God. This is incredible. It's very good. You have to look this up. I think what it's a parrot this? or something. Eric. Yeah. It's an Australian... It's an Australian husband and wife who own this bird, and it is just a disaster. Okay. This bird is just a complete shit. But it's quite clear it's because the both of the like the 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 wife screams at it all the time, and the husband sort of just smirks and it's encourages its behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's oh my god, it's painful to watch. It'll be like up on a shelf. And it'll get its way into a huge jar of coins, and it'll just one by one go and like grab a coin with its beak and chuck it across the room. Okay. And the woman is screaming there, going, "Eric, stop it, Eric, stop it!" And the bird's just screaming, and the bird like insults their dog and like swears at the dog, and yeah. it's like, "Idiot, fucking idiot!" The and dog the, probably feels and the bad about that. The mom is they're, they're not the mom. The wife is like, "He's not an idiot. Fuck off, Eric!" And it just, it's. It's like watching a crazy family dysfunction, except one of the family members is a bird. It's really strange. Yeah. And and worth watching. You love it. Yeah. That's your endorsement for this ruination. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. Eric, the Australian bird on YouTube. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for ruining our uh, our stream here and uh, and and watching us ruin it. Uh so um that was it. That was our March 2017 Whoa. ruination online. Um, if you are a $15 backer of the Idle Thumbs Patreon at patreon.com slash Idle Thumbs, you can ask a question uh, or pose a topic to ruin our next monthly ruination stream. Yep. Oh, if you are a uh, $9 or up backer, the first batch of postcards arrives early this week and we're going to be mailing oh, yeah. them off early this week so look for mm-hmm. those in the next week or so yeah we got all your address labels printed out yep should be good cool all right well thanks for joining us bye, bye.